0: Hey, welcome. You're listening to the best business in the world podcast. I'm, I'm here with Matt Fitzsimmons. And today, we're going to talk about the three types of work, three types of work for you as an entrepreneur. But uh, how you been doing, Matt?
1: I'm doing great, mate. Absolutely fantastic. Got over COVID, which was great. Um, I understand yeah. why all around the world we've had labor problems with people off COVID because it really is quite debilitating, and I know it's been a massive frustration for for small business owners because their team have been off. But anyone who's caught it will will understand why you don't want to go to work. Um, it was it was pretty well, rotten, but yeah, we're back with a vengeance, my friend. Back with a vengeance. Excellent, excellent. Um, so again,
0: today we're going to talk about three types of work. We, if you've never. Read the E-Myth, and Michael Gerber. We're going to kind of riff on some of the things he brought up quite some time ago. But
1: um, Matt, do you want to show them the Emeth in case for those watching? So it, isn't it interesting because we have we've had a couple of conversations you and I about um, mm-hmm. like the, the top ten books, like one of the books that we would absolutely recommend that every entrepreneur business owner reads, and and this is one of them. This is in fact this is one at the very very top of the list. Um, and it's there's a couple of different versions of it, but the eme uh, revisited is the one that I tend to um, t- to go to more than others.
0: You know um, what my favorite one is? The summary. <laughs> the ebook. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's about eight pages long and it hits, it hits the take home points. It's really, really good. So we're going to hit one of them today, or maybe a couple, but um, yeah, I, I kind of guide my clients to go the summary for what eight dollars or ten dollars or something it's a little bit cheaper and it's not really that it's going to save you a ton of time because i mean gerber does a thing where he goes through the story and it's you know he builds on it so if that's your thing and you want to do it you want to listen to it on audio or something that's cool but the take-home messages um are super important one of those is the three types of work so you you drew that up
1: Mm. isn't it what what are they well, you're a reader like I am, and um, you'll have read, you know, literally thousands of, of business books as, as I And often when you, when you get a book, and this is a really good example, you can boil this down into eight pages if you're willing to take on every single word of eight pages. Because it's got some great stories in there and that sort of right. thing. But ultimately, if you're an entrepreneur or a business owner what do you want you want the substance more than anything you know um and today we're going to show you something to to go away and have a think about which i think is a, a pretty cool way of looking at it but yeah i mean this is just one of my libraries i have three um and and all those books you can sort of nut most books down into a, a couple of pages of of the key messages it's yeah. just that they have really cool stories around them which illustrate normally the points they're making really really well which is what you know makes a book enjoyable to read so so yeah, there is that little chestnut. <laughs> but let's get into this one because I think it's really relevant um, for business owners to understand what Gerber says in in this book. I think this is, I wouldn't say it's a Bible of the of business owners, but I think it's right up there. It's it's definitely the top 10 business books that every every business owner and entrepreneur should have on their shelf. Um, or like you say, Sturdy, the the eight-page summary. <laughs>
0: or, or get it off your shelf. Um, you know, that like you start seeing things like this that are, they're on my desk because they keep referring to them and pulling them off and, you know, on your shelf, if they're on your shelf for a long time, you might want to go back and pull some of those off or get them out of the bottom of the stack of books or whatever it is, because, um, you know, what it what it ultimately amounts to. And the reason the summaries are useful is I want stuff that's actionable. I want something I'm going to implement, right? I, I had a client one time who, uh, was reading something else and they hadn't executed or implemented on the last, you know, 15 things we had talked about and done. I'm like, stop, you got to stop, hit the pause button, put that aside. You need another idea. Like you need a hole in the head, right? You need to do the things that you already know, do those. And then when you've, when you've caught up, yes, yes, absolutely. Look for new ideas, but we get in, I've, I've seen it, I've done it. I've been guilty of it. I don't know about you, but you know, more ideas, more ideas, more ideas. And, and they get exciting and they're you know shiny objects, and then we end up looking back and it's like, oh, I didn't get anything done.
1: It's it's funny how that happens, isn't it? Because it, it happens exactly like that. And it's interesting because books like this um, have influenced our our biggest uh-huh. more sure. business in the world. Um, there's a, like we don't use what's in here, but it helps us form the thinking that's help us generate this book because the stuff that is in here is absolute gold and the stuff that's in here is absolute gold because it's the stuff that we know works and it's formed with a, the foundation of books like that. There's a bunch of others as well, but um, that's certainly the, the right place to start. So, um, and and I would argue there should be only one book on your desk all the time. <laughs> Maybe two. <laughs> oh, by, the, by the way,
0: this, this one is also on the desk.
1: Of course the best physio. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I couldn't agree Just more. It's a different
0: edition of the, of the same one. But yeah, those are both sitting right here.
1: Um, so one of the key concepts that Gerber talks about in his book is that there are three roles that have to be filled in a business, right? Um, and I think there's a lot of people who are listening to this podcast going, yeah, yeah, I can relate to one of these three roles. The first role is the what he calls the technician, uh, which is the, the person who has the trade they do the do. Um, they are the lawyer, the doctor, the the physio, the accountant, the 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 boot polisher, anything that does the barista, the, plumber, the
0: cashier, the bartender.
1: Yeah, that sort of person. And you've got to have a technical person in your business to do the do, um, because otherwise you know you've got nothing to charge out. You don't have a business. You've got a charity. Um, so you've got to have that technical competence in your business, and um, you've, you've got to have that. And that's let's be honest. That's how. That's how businesses start. They start with a person who can do something. A mechanic, you know, he sets up a, a garage in his, in his backyard and in his, in his, in his garage, and, and starts repairing cars. And then, you know, five years later, he runs a team of twenty people, and <laughs> he finds himself no longer the technician. Um,
0: well, and so- that, that's that's the definition of the e myth, and part of the reason we're referring to this. Berber mm-hmm. calls it. Um, It's the entrepreneurial myth. That's the e-myth. The myth is that people are born entrepreneurs, that they go out and start businesses because they were born to start businesses. And -hmm. what he's arguing is that 95 plus percent of businesses are started by somebody who's technically really good at what they do. They're technically proficient. They're an expert in the thing they do. And basically, he he calls it an entrepreneurial seizure. I liken it more to a toddler temper tantrum. And and, um, by the way, that's more personal based. That's kind of, I look back on, how I went out and started the business. And, you know, it was like, I'm going to go do this by myself, right? I'm all upset and irritated and, and, you know, about what, about the circumstances, about the job, about the environment, about what the opportunities are. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go take charge of this. I'm going to do it. And it was a little bit impetuous. It was a little bit, you know, definitely emotional, um, you know, and which is not a bad thing, by the way, that ties into your higher purpose and so many of the other things that we we go into in, in our book. But the idea is that you, you know, you're technically proficient. You're really good. You're a really good player. I I like the analogies. I've kind of morphed into player and coach and owner and those kinds of things for sports teams. But yeah, you're the player on the field and you're really good. So you go start your own team, right? You go start your own business. And that's also why he says, you know, so many businesses fail in the first few years because you're technically really good at the thing that you do but you may not know anything about the other two types of work, which are ultimately integral to running a business. Mm. What's the next one?
1: Um, The next one is, uh, is management, the manager, um, and this person obviously is the person who makes the wheels turn. They're the ones who send out invoices. They're the ones who organize systems and and hire people and fire people and manage and 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 do all that stuff that makes a business run. Um, so they're there, they're there making the wheels of of industry turn. Um, and I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty easy to to figure out what a manager would actually do. Um, but certainly that's a really important role because if we don't get the managing stuff right it doesn't matter if you're if you're a mechanic and you don't have a manager or have a role that's sending out invoices to be paid and paying invoices you'll be out of business in no time um so that's stuff that's got to get done has has got to get done so that's that's the manager's role and it's normally around systems and and all the boring stuff that doesn't involve necessarily charging out time, but it's absolutely critical to the running of a business because they forget we're not a, we're not a charity and we're not just a trade. We're actually a business. And that's what Gerber talks about. <laughs> um, so you've got the technician, you've got the manager, and I'm just making some notes here and I'll turn the camera on in a second. You better see it. So you got the manager. And and we see many, many different levels of capability when it comes to managers like, again,
0: again, part of the reason I like the coach analogy because we've all had crappy managers, hmm. right? We've all been, it was sometimes, I mean, their whole Twitter account's devoted to chronicling their terrible boss and manager and people leave people leave companies because of bad bosses. And we've seen this over and over and, and bad can mean any number of things. It can, be, it can mean dysfunctional, it can mean incompetent, it can mean just kind of ignorant, unaware or not engaged. It can mean all kinds of things, but... Most of us have had good coaches somewhere along the way or our kids have, or we've seen them. And I really prefer that as the role model for our, you know, when we're thinking about our structure and our business, you've got the players on the field, you've got the coach, not on the field, mm-hmm. right. In the dugout, on the sidelines, maybe on the field during practice and teaching and coaching and guiding and focusing and whatever. But um, yeah, like here take it another step or go back, the technician the player is the one who does the things they the doing of the things right the manager the coach is the one who ensures the things get done
1: 100% yeah stuff's got to get done drink bottles have got to be filled um, you've got to transport the team from where they are to the game all that sort of that 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 functional sort of logistical stuff yeah 100% cool um, so what's number 3 Number three is the title kind of of the book, which is the entrepreneur, which is the person who can spot the gap in the market, they can spot the opportunity, they can sit there and go, I can do this, but in this way and make some money out of it. So it's not just I can do a trade, but this is a person who can spot the opportunity for growth, for development and that type of thing. And it's a different mindset. Um And I think that's the the really important part about understanding this particular role in the business is that it's about mindset and understanding that we have to be looking forward, not just looking right in front of us. We can't play this week the game. They've got to play three months, three years, 10 years, whatever it is. They've got to play a long game. And the entrepreneur understands that they can see the opportunity in the market Uh, again if you're a um a mechanic you can see that the world's moving to electric cars so what's the opportunity going to be there for a a person who is a as a mechanic on a petrol car well maybe in 20 years time i don't know but maybe maybe we don't have um, petrol cars maybe it's not even electric maybe it's hydrogen or some other technology that hasn't been done yet but it's that mindset of going where's my next opportunity and that's again a different skill set to a manager which is about getting stuff right and making sure that things are done on time and full that sort of stuff and the technician who's about doing things and doing their trade as well as they can and and showing value to customers and that sort of thing the entrepreneur is about how do I build a business
0: so the way I the way I look exactly. at the entrepreneurial work is it's more the strategic work so we we said that the player is doing the things right they're doing whatever the Things are for their role, whether that's you know mixing cocktails or seeing patients or you know fixing the plumbing. Um, the manager is ensuring not only that things get done, but that their team have the. You, you kind of alluded to this, but they support their team. They support their players. Hopefully, they're selecting players who want to be the best player in their position, and they're giving them the resources, the training, the equipment, the, the whatever it is they need to be successful in that position. So that's one of the, you know, when we think about the best coaches we've ever had, do they demand a lot? Well, yeah, but they also believe in you and they convey that and they, you know it and they pull more out of you than perhaps you think you can do. And, but, but they've got your back. They're not, they're not gaslighting you. They're not belittling people for not doing, you know, doing it right. Um, They're simply trying to get people to do their best. So that's kind of that management role. The entrepreneurial role is that strategic work. It's deciding, as you said, the long game. How are we going to build revenues so that we can bring on better talent? How are we going to, you know, what are, what are we going to be working on if the environment changes? Like, you know, like you said, if we're going to more electric or some other type of power for vehicles and you're a mechanic, what, how do we prepare ourselves? What equipment do we need? How do we plan that process out? What are the milestones? It's the big picture, longer term stuff. I think the mm. thing that's so interesting and remarkable, I want to get your take on this, is when when I'm talking to clients about this kind of early on, and if it, it, maybe it's the first time or the first time they're really internalizing it or whatever, they're like, well, if I do strategic work, there's nobody to do, you know, the, the other stuff's not going to get done. We're not talking about a full-time job as an entrepreneur, mm. okay? Yeah. We're talking about you, you know, we're talking about budgeting your time. We've all got the same amount of time, right? So. In your role, how much management time does it really take if you're efficient and good at it? You know, I was running a business with multiple locations and you know dozens of employees in six hours a week. Okay, mm-hmm. the management side, because we had other managers. I was managing the managers and they had clear roles and accountability. We made those strategic decisions so that we could free up the rest of the time. Now, you know, yeah. we're talking about an hour or two a week. At least, my commitment, and this is what we've talked about with this and this. Yes. Sorry. And the one you held up, right? One hour a week of strategic work, one hour a week of entrepreneurial work, and then put that in context. If you're spending eight or ten hours a week, maybe even twelve, doing strategic work and managerial work, you've got the rest of the week to do the technical, if that's what you want to do.
1: Right. It's really interesting in, in Gerber's book too, where um, he said that most people don't come from an entrepreneurial background or a management background; they come from a te- technical background. Which sure. it kind of makes sense because, generally speaking, when we leave school, we go and learn some type of a trade or or some skills, and then we go and apply it. Maybe it's marketing, maybe it's being a physiotherapist, maybe it's 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 being a, a chef or a, um or whatever. But we don't necessarily learn the management stuff until we've done our technical role for a little while. And then we, we get, you know, we get invited to be part of a supervisor. You go from a, a player to, a, you know, sort of a supervisor, which is kind of a team captain. Um, and then we go into maybe a manager, um, so a coach. Um, and then we go maybe at some point to the owner, um, mm-hmm. which I think is is quite cool. But most people, and Gerber understood this really well uh, and explained it well in his book, is that most people start with the technical and the things that flummox them and, and, and prevent them from growing their business are not technical. Like, they're really good at their jobs. Right. It's, right. The, it's the right. other stuff. They get beaten by a competitor who is um, you know, more, maybe more strategic or maybe sends their invoices out on time or something simple. Um, And it's really preventable. But what I find really interesting is when I'm talking to entrepreneurs, you sit down there, and, and just like what you did in your business, and I remember this really clearly because you dedicated time to do these things. And, mm-hmm. and bear in mind that for the manager, manager doesn't have to be admin. Maybe it is, and depending on the size of your business, but admin is not management. Although depending on the size of the business, it could be. So. You might have people who do admin for you, but management is about managing people and looking at the overall functioning of the business and, and making sure that things are done right. Um, so yeah. you put time aside for that. And, and like you say, you know, you've know, you got time where you charge out with clients and that type of thing. And then you have other time where you sit back and I normally encourage people to do that outside of the business yes. and they become the entrepreneur. And they they use a tool like this Uh, and they join our group um, and we talk about the development of their business outside of business as usual so business as usual is what got you here what's going to get you there great book by Marshall Goldsmith by the way Mm -hmm. Um, right right. so so what Gerber did is he really understood that there are three distinct roles and like you said they don't have to be full-time jobs I mean big companies Mm -hmm. sure you know if you're corporation uh, you can hire a hundred people in strategy. well, that's wonderful but we're talking to small business owners. it's you know it's a small business and and they don't have the resources for that but you don't need the resources as far as time goes if you've got something really clever. Um, so well, it's worth thinking about.
0: yeah, and that's that's the I think a lot of business owners and and this is um, if you have a child, right, Your child is special. And if you have a niece or nephew or you've been around kids, right, child is special and precious and unique and also eminently predictable, just like your business. Mm -hmm. Okay, eminently predictable, meaning that they're going to crawl at a certain time. They're going to walk at a certain time. They're going to start using words. There there are developmental milestones that are, quote unquote, normal, that are normal developmental milestones that kids will go through. And the same thing, though, is true of your business. And, And a lot of people don't know that. Right? But the processes, when, you, when you're when saying that, what's what got you here may not get you there, what's going to get you there, you're gonna have to revamp your processes and strategy. You're gonna have to revamp your systems. You're gonna have to go back and revisit at very predictable milestones. And and mm-hmm. like Fern Harnish talks about it in dollar amounts. I don't find the dollar amounts to be as yeah. relatable nowadays because of the differences in some of the businesses. And you can have a a tech business making $10 million with 25 employees um so it's that that's different from you know a business a quarter of its revenue with also 25 employees i found that the headcount the headcount not full time equivalents right the headcount increases the complexity of a business and that ends up um you know there are these milestones around 5 10 25 50 100 200 500 1000 you end up at this stuck point mm. right and you're you're you the entrepreneur are frustrated because you don't realize that's a developmental milestone and that yeah. you've got to redo, start over, think about strategy in a different way. And again, you don't have to do it full time, but you've got to budget the time. You've got to be disciplined and consistent, right? This is just like exercise I used to tell patients. You don't exercise for four hours on a Saturday. Okay. And think that you've done a great job because it's, it's yeah. like brushing your teeth, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's I, for them to get their head around the exercise thing. You do a little bit each day, It's like brushing your teeth. You don't brush your teeth for a half hour on Sunday. Mm, right yeah. and think I'm okay yeah. you got to do it a few minutes a day every day maybe a couple of times a day if you mm. do that if you bring that kind of discipline and consistency to your strategic work time budget right if it's an hour a week but it's consistent every week imagine how much you're going to get done over the quarter over the year mm. yeah, what are your what your thoughts on that Matt
1: uh, I think uh, you're absolutely right you know it's it's um little and often fills the purse Mm-hmm. Um, and when it comes to, <laughs> to doing the the other roles, it's it's absolutely right. You know what's really interesting? Um, when I talk to business owners, I show them. I'll, I'll just change my camera and I'll just show you what I've what I've written down because I think this might be helpful, handy for someone listening to this, to actually understand what they can do. So you've got the three the three roles there, right? So you've got the technician, the player, you've got the manager, and you've got the entrepreneur. Um, and so you've got three. Now the big money is made in the middle here, right? That's where you make the big money. And so if you were going to rate yourself, and this is what I get people to do, is I get them to rate themselves. So if you were going to say that as far as a technical person goes, how would you rate yourself? And and to be fair, a lot of the people that I deal with would rate themselves as A++ plus 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 even, but potentially, because they know their trade really, really well. And that's cool. And then maybe as a manager, they might sit there and go, uh, maybe I'm just a B, a B minus, maybe, or uh, and as a, as an entrepreneur, um, and when we talk through the actual role of an entrepreneur, maybe they might sit there and go, I'm a C, or something like that. And so you might even might- be
0: being generous on these.
1: I'm I'm being very generous to be fair. <laughs> um, so the real money is made in the middle then. them. And, and this is what I explain about coaching, right? So this is what business coaching is in a nutshell. Firstly, as a business coach, we can't, I'm not going to talk to you about your, your business as far as the technical side of your business, because you probably already know everything you need to know about the technical side of your business. So there's no point me talking to you about that. Although there might be some refinements that you can make, but that's not where I add value. So if you're an a, a or whatever it is for that, then, then that's great. Cause I'm gonna be, when it comes to that, I'm probably gonna be, let's just say, a D minus, because <laughs> that's not what I do. I don't do that. And I work across a ton of industry.
0: Okay, so Matt, to I'm gonna I wanna pause you for just a second. So for those of you listening and not able to watch, like maybe you're in the car or something, Matt's drawn a Venn diagram with the technician, player, manager, you know, supporting manager. Um, and then entrepreneur strategy as the three circles with the money in the middle. And we're writing the grades and stuff in each of those segments. So if you wanted to get home and draw it yourself or go back and watch the video, that's that'll give you a little bit of frame of reference.
1: Mm. So then we have the manager. And and for that, you might rate yourself, I don't know, whatever you do. As far as the manager goes, I can give you all the tools and, and tips of the world to become a, a really super effective manager. So I would say that I'm an A as far as that goes. So I'm a D minus when it comes to a technician, but I'm an A as far as that goes. Now, when it comes to strategy, bear in mind, this is what I do all day, every day. I would say that I'm an A plus for that. Now, imagine if you had a business that had an A plus plus technical person, an A grade manager and an A plus grade entrepreneur. Is that business more likely to succeed or is it going to stay the same? Is... This is where people, they sit there and go, well, business coaches, you can't tell me about your industry. And I'm like, well, no, I absolutely can't tell you about my industry. But what I can do is I can give you some tools and some things that will help you manage better. I'll give you some things that you possibly haven't seen before that'll make life a whole lot easier to manage. And then when we get into the really, really grunty, cool stuff, when it comes to strategy, I can really talk to you about strategy and I can talk across industries and that type of thing. And that's the job of the entrepreneur. And you don't have to do all these jobs yourself. And that was one of the cool messages that came out of that book as well. Is that you don't actually have to be all these people. You can hire in expertise, which is why I get hired. It's why Steady gets hired. Um, you know, it's we, we get hired in to provide what a lot of business owners don't don't have naturally, or maybe they just want to develop those skills and they wanna be along working alongside someone who can sit down there and go, okay. Why don't we think about this in this way and, and not that way and, and change our, our paradigms or think differently or use other industries as examples? Um, so yeah. that's that's I think I mean I, I don't know, like you'd probably do that role a lot in your business too, Sturdy.
0: Well, yeah. And I was, I mean, so one of the first coaches I <clears throat> engaged was through the E-Myth. They had a mastery impact program way back when when they still did that. Um, and the it's always interesting to see, like we we walk the walk, right? All the stuff we talk about, we actually do in our own businesses, our own in our own coaching businesses. Um They didn't, right? They they were very, very focused on systems and processes and how to structure, which was all, it was all good. It was actually quite useful. It helped build a foundation. Um, But that was before I started working with you, you know? So we had some stuff, but it wasn't, if I'm looking at, at the paradigm, right? At grading yourself in each one. And yeah, I would say that on the technical side of things, we were really good, right? Mm-hmm. We we were really good. We saw the people that nobody else could fix or help. And, you know, we were the go-to person. We were the people that the surgeons would send their parents to that kind of thing. And that's not bragging because, because primarily because we were still floundering and trying to figure out how in the world some of these other folks were succeeding and doing much better, you know, growth wise, financial wise, more locations, whatever. While we were sitting here struggling in the business, we're like, we're really good at what we do. Why in the world is it not, you know, working out? And it it came down to we didn't have the systems and processes in place. So we learned some of that through the E Myth, um, coaching and and what have you. But we still didn't have what you're talking about, right? We didn't have we had somebody who was maybe good at managing, and I might give them a B. Um, the strategy stuff, I'm not even sure I'd give them a B, right? So you when you bring those people you know, this is back to what you just said. I talk to people all the time. We're like, I need someone who works in our industry, an industry expert. I'm like, no, you don't. You are an industry expert, mm. right? And you're surrounded by industry experts. The last time somebody said that to me, they were, it was a small conference, where there were 500 people there. And I'm like, look to your left, look to your right, look behind you, walk down the hall. You're surrounded by industry experts. Mm. That's not why you're not achieving your full potential. Right, Perfect. it's the other pieces and parts. So, yeah, I mean, imagine if you could fill those three bubbles
1: with A players. Mm-hmm. What could your business yeah. do? And then, and then ask yourself, okay, what's the most efficient way of of grabbing this expertise? And like you say, you know, you can go to conference if you want to find out about the latest techniques or the the latest tools to to do the technical side of the job. Go to a conference, um, that type of thing. That's that's really simple to get your head around. And mm-hmm. if you look at most conferences. Ninety percent of the content is all around normally the technical stuff, which is why people right. you know, and they go there because it's got this <laughs> this new toy or something. And then maybe ten percent right. will be about um hiring or firing or some sort of management thing, but there's very, very little ever about being an entrepreneur and actually developing a business and and growing a business and 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 how to think about that stuff. And shouldn't that really be the other way around? I would have thought it would that's kind of backwards.
0: Well, we do. I learned this as a therapist, as a PT and it, and it bears out in almost everything we do. We used to find that patients would come in and they would want to do the exercises that they were already strong at, right? So they're working. Think about going to the gym, right? You work the muscles that are already strong because you're good at it and you're Mm -hmm. accomplished and you feel good about yourself and you Mm -hmm. avoid the stuff that's weak. Well, in a kinetic chain, that's not, usually the best idea something's going to break down or give so from a therapist standpoint it was pretty easy in a lot of cases you find you find what's not working what's weak what's not doing its job what's not pulling its weight and you work on that and then lo and behold the patient thinks you're a magician because oh my gosh everything's working out so great now and it's like well yeah because you're doing that thing that you were avoiding before in in large part Mm -hmm. we do the same thing psychologically though right if we're good at math we will tend to do more math and not work on our writing skills. If we're good at English and writing, then we'll do that and we'll avoid the math and the science stuff or whatever. But we, we, we play to our strengths. And this also, by the way, doesn't mean that you have to be an A-plus player, like you just said, Matt, you don't have to be an A-plus player in all three because this is a disservice that school does for us. School teaches us that we have to be right and we have to do it by ourselves. Mm-hmm. The moment you graduate, right? The minute you graduate, life is a team sport. 100%. Yeah. And you, you, you bring on people, you, they don't have to be, when we say team, when you say hire people, they don't have to be a, you know an employee or a W-2 employee or whatever the classification is in, in your country, right? But they can be a partner, they can be a consultant, they can be a contractor, they can be a mentor, they can be, you, you name it. But you want to surround yourself with people who are going to augment your weaknesses? People that you can pass the ball to. And again, think about that. You know, the team thing. Not everybody has to be the best. You know, goal scorer or shot taker. Yes. But you know, that person isn't the best defender or the best goalkeeper, right? But we move the ball around. Different people do their jobs. We rely on each other. We work together. We get way, way more done.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And and like you said, you know, you don't have to be an A-plus player in, in each of the categories because, like, to be fair, to hire someone to help you with strategy is as simple as emailing Sturdy or I. Um, to hire somebody to help you with management, for a tiny amount, fraction of money, we can give you some tools and make you part of a community that you can actually do that really, really simply. and just right. you know, for, um, for 8 or $10, others,
0: you buy the email summary and you start looking at it and thinking about how you're portioning your time.
1: Yeah. So... I just thought that was a really interesting um, thing to talk about today. Um, um, It's really funny because in a couple of weeks we're doing some some work, uh, so we're going to do a podcast. I'm really looking forward to this one because it's going to be sport orientated, and we're just in the middle of some really exciting looking sport at the moment. So it's going to be really interesting, and it's looking at sports teams through a very very similar eye to what we look at businesses through, through, through this particular tool. And it's going to be really interesting to deconstruct sports and and sports teams along the same sort of lines and, and look at them from, you know, you've got the player, you've got the coach, you've got the manager and you've got all these different roles and how they play and what impact they have on these sports teams and sport and business. There's tons of analogies. I'm really looking forward to that podcast in a couple of weeks. Cool.
0: Cool. And we hope you are too. So thanks. Very, very much for listening to the best small business in the world. Before we go, Matt, we skipped it the last couple of sessions, but we want to invite you all to uh, send us your challenging as Matt says, your big carry questions and challenges. Um, you know, what, what's really got you stumped? See if you can stump us, stump the chumps.
1: Stump um, the chumps. <laughs> send ask us a question, any question. We'll the hard ones, though. Yeah, I these ones. The hard hard one. One, ones. No, no, no. Yeah, again, you're surrounded
0: by industry experts. Go call your friend or your colleague for that mm-hmm. stuff. You got something that you just, is unresolved, you can't solve, it's really, you know, kicking your business's tail. Send it to us, put in the comments or email us or shoot us a, a DM on whatever platform, and uh,
1: we will put you on the podcast. Love to do that. Love to have some really grunty questions. We've got a few. We maybe, maybe, we, maybe next week or the next couple of weeks, we can. Uh, quickly address some of these questions, because some of them that uh, have come through have been really, really quick fixes, shall we say.
0: Very cool. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Thanks, Matt. Great talking to you. See you, mate.